For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. You got the playoffs or Super Bowl, pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and a lot of other ways. Hey, the latest odds, team matchups, information, player news, game trends. Why not get it in one place at Bet Online? They have live betting options, they got contests for free, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is really the fastest and easiest way so you can bet on all your leagues and events. Get over to the website today or right now. Use your mobile device. You can join and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure you use our promo code, B-L-E-A-V, that's Believe, to receive your rewards. B-L-E-A-V is the promo code. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Welcome to the Kingdom of Pod. Jeff Caves here on the Believe Podcast Network, Kellen News in the new in the, uh, Kellen Moore in the news, not for anything positive necessarily, um, or perhaps it is. Also, donations at Boise State uh, going up, and why not Brian Harson in Alabama at least for consideration as their offensive coordinator? So let's get into some of this. A lot of things happening with Kellen Moore, and you know, let's first just establish that there isn't a fan for the most part that doesn't have a very um, one-sided, I think, opinion about Kellen Moore as a person. And I think that can sometimes uh, rule the day. When I look at uh, what's going on here in Dallas, where I'm at, uh, one of the differences from my perspective may be versus what some of you, if you're in the Boise area specifically, are exposed to is that the daily sports radio here, the columnists, the press conferences, it's pretty much, you know, it, it's under a microscope, not in a negative way, in a, in a way that they're highly engaged and interested in what's going on. And a lot of their self-esteem can get wrapped up in who knows what about the Dallas Cowboys. So if the Cowboys offense doesn't score enough points in the last game of the year, it's going to be fashionable to say that coordinator needs to go. And so that that person feels like they look smart. And I think there's a lot of that that goes on. And there's a lot more of it uh, behind the scenes that none of us understand. You know, some of the story came out that 
when McCarthy went public with his press conference and uh, suggested that the offensive line coach wasn't coming back, the running backs coach. I think it was six total people. You know, Kellen wasn't in that grouping. I think it was Thursday or Friday. And that he needed more time to evaluate and that Kellen Moore would be evaluated, I think, Friday. Well, Kellen was interviewing with Carolina, which is pretty interesting, right? You're going to let your offensive coordinator go who's interviewing for a head coaching job somewhere else? That tells you not about the incompetency of this, of, of Mike McCarthy or Jerry Jones or his son, Stephen, but the complexity of the situation in Dallas. This is a, a program that is trying to improve 5% and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get that done. If they need a different voice or approach to get that much more out of Dak Prescott, they're willing to do it. If it sacrifices Kellen Moore, they'll bring him back or they'll still love him and bring him as a head coach at some point or whatever they're going to worry about because they've got a pretty good offensive coordinator and play caller and Mike McCarthy standing right there. And, and don't forget that when they hired McCarthy, they knew he was a play caller, and that's what he'd done in Green Bay. And they had Kellen Moore. And I think that the, the Cowboys front office and Dak himself and others knew that Kellen was really a safety blanket for Dak Prescott, a guy, uh, Kellen, a guy that could interpret what needed to get done and explain it in a way that Dak Prescott readily understood and could execute. So Dak had a lot of confidence in how Kellen Moore explained things and then ultimately designed things to take advantage of what Dak could, couldn't do. And I think now Dallas is focusing on what they need him to do and he should do to be in that next echelon of quarterback who gets to a Super Bowl. And that's the risk they're willing to take at this point. Uh, there was a time where I think they were fearful of losing Kellen Moore. They thought he was going to be a head coach somewhere else. And I think Jerry Jones paid him pretty handsomely to stay in Dallas and not leave. So that's pretty interesting, really, when you think about the political climate that was in the background, because McCarthy came in and he'd always called his own plays and he was handed his offensive coordinator. Now, it was a made to look publicly that McCarthy interviewed him and decided it was best to keep Prescott in the system, which I think is true. Uh, but I also believe uh, that he made that work. And then once he got to know Kellen, because he didn't know him at all, that he understood how bright he was, what a tremendous job he could do. And McCarthy was going to take a turn at growing as a head coach and not be so preoccupied with what play to call but worry about the other parts of his organization that he felt could improve him and ultimately the Dallas Cowboys. Um, McCarthy has a couple of years left on his contract. He goes back to play calling, which that's what he was hired to do. That's what he's done everywhere else. He was willing to try it this other way. And it was successful, but not enough. It was successful, but it didn't get to or win a Super Bowl. And that is where this a company is at. And I'm not saying it because it's uh, popular or fashionable or some ego. I, I believe that's their mission. Uh, Jerry Jones's um, determination is to prove he can win and get to a Super Bowl with doing it his way. And so that's what he's out to do. Um, I think that McCarthy was, was loyal and really enjoyed Kellen Moore. I think that both he and Kellen understand that it's just best that they just go a different direction. Happens all the time in that business. Uh, 
I mean, most head coaches in the NFL last two or three years, and they're on to their next gig. I've not been able to track down how long uh, assistant coaches hang around. I think position coaches hang around a lot longer. I think coordinators don't. I think coordinators in must-win, high-profile situations, which the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator may be the highest-profile position in the NFL, is a different job. And the fact that Kellen made it as long as he did uh, a testament to how he conducts himself, his intelligence, and the personnel that he had that he was able to get a lot out of. And they had some quarterback injury issues in Dallas uh, to tend to, and, and Kellen persevered through that. Plus, they've rotated personnel like a lot of teams have. There's nothing secret. I did look at some of the other coaches in the NFL, and there's a lot of them calling their own plays. Uh, San Francisco, the Rams, Kansas City, Green Bay, Miami, Vegas, Philly, Cincy, Carolina, Minnesota, Cleveland, Atlanta, all with head coaches who call their own plays. That leaves quite a few coaches who don't. I think at this point in his uh, career, Kellen's going to stay in a offensive coordinating position where he can call the plays because that's his best path to being a head football coach, which he came pretty close to doing uh, by being in Dallas and almost getting that job in Carolina. Ultimately, right, the man they hired had experience in the NFL as a head coach and was a play-calling uh, head football coach uh, as well. So don't expect Kellen to end up there as the offensive coordinator. Uh, the story, at least for me and Rappaport and one other reporter, was that uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers could be a likely destination for Kellen Moore because they'd already requested to interview him. Kellen has one more year on his contract with Dallas and uh, Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay doesn't even have a quarterback right now. They may have let Leftwich go, but I doubt they could dangle Kellen Moore in front of Tom Brady as a reason why he should come back. Tom Brady's going to be all about what personnel you have and how quickly you can get there. Uh, I did take a look closer at the Chargers, and then I have a a college destination for Kellen Moore, if that were to ever come up, which I don't think it will. Um, the Chargers scored 10 fewer touchdowns uh, than Dallas. They blew that big lead against Jacksonville in that wild card game, 27 zip. Uh, their head coach is uh, Staley. Uh, he's going into his third year. He let his offensive coordinator go. He's a defensive coach. He's not a coach that spent time on the offensive side of the ball. So, that's the kind of program uh, for Kellen, I think, on a personal level for Kellen and his family. Uh, being more West Coast oriented is good because his family can get there from Washington. I think he's pretty familiar with Southern California and all the things that uh, are going to be a lot closer to where Kellen's from. And, and so West Coast, I think, makes a lot of sense for him. Um, the, the, the Chargers didn't run the ball well. I know they had injuries. Uh, they were one of the worst teams in the NFL running the football. They threw the ball a lot, uh, too much, similar to the way Tampa Bay did. Uh, the general manager's been there 10 years in San, uh, Los Angeles. And, you know, Spanos is a wacky owner. Um, he, he's up there with Jerry Jones with doing things for different reasons. And uh, that is a challenge, but at least it sounds like they've got a general manager who's been given the responsibility without providing any results for 10 years uh, of staying there. So I think Staley is a win now guy. He's on that hot seat as a third year coach. Uh, the AFC West seems winnable. 
Uh, Kellum would go in there, um, you know, with a lot of pressure. And where will he go where there isn't? And the only places there are pressure to me are where they have the personnel and the opportunity to get to the next level for that football program. And in the case of the Chargers, it's got to be getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Just getting into the playoffs really was an accomplishment, but they've had a lot of second half uh, um, deflations. Uh, I don't always believe in this, but it was brought up that Lombardi, the previous offensive coordinator uh, with the Chargers, did not make great second half choices in play calling. And their scoring was very poor in the second half of football games. You know, so they quickly point to he couldn't adjust once whatever his game plan was was taken away from him and he couldn't get to that second level of adjustment. Maybe he didn't have the personnel to do that. That's a different argument. And maybe there is some truth to all of that. So that's what he walks into. And that's if Kellen takes that gig. He's, he's like I said, he's got one year left, so he can be selective. Um, one other idea that I thought of for giggles and grins is what about Alabama? <laughs> Will Nick Saban, you know, come calling and say, Hey, Kellen, um, you know, O'Brien was ROC. You know, he was a head coach in the NFL. You can go from here and there and do this. You know, Kiffin was a head coach in the NFL and, you know, go down that list of stuff. And I just don't think that Kellen Moore will give up the NFL lifestyle, which gives them a lot more time off and a lot less responsibility in some ways to go into. He doesn't need to rehab his image, perhaps, is what I'm getting at by going into Alabama and proving that with all the tools and everything given, you can win a national championship. I, I don't think that's what he needs to get done, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that would be uh, what happens. All right, I want to talk more about Alabama and Saban and donations at Boise State. But let me tell you that, hey, you know me, uh, I'm always ready to lose some weight, especially at this time of year, uh, get in better shape every year. And that's what I'm doing right now. And it's been a pretty interesting lifestyle change. It's been about four weeks. My work with Full Spectrum Health is a different lifestyle shift for me in that, you know, I try to get up with this before the sun, go outside, see a sunrise, get the energy from that. Uh, sort of reflect on where I want to go that day uh, and then get in a stretch. I'm stretching seven days a week. Not a lot. I mean, not in terms of the length of the stretching time, but it's helped my little flexibility issues like tying your shoes, standing up, uh, taking off your pants on one leg, all these types of things, just turning and looking into oncoming traffic in a car. So I've lost weight. I feel better. My energy's up. I sleep harder and longer than I than I had been. I mean, I was known to get up at three in the morning and that's it. I'm screwed. Going to stay up. Never had a problem going to sleep, but staying asleep was a different issue. I'm not drinking booze. I'll probably drink for the Super Bowl or have an occasional uh, outing with some, some drinks, but that's not happening. So all of it's great. The keto lifestyle, eating eggs and meat and, and, you know, watching whatever else I do with some vegetables. I'm not lightheaded. I have all the energy I need. So I think it's something that you ought to look at. And the killer if you go to full-spectrumhealth.com, you get a free 15-minute video consultation to see if it's for you. And the program in its entirety doesn't even cost 200 bucks, okay? So this is a great way to change your lifestyle and make it stick. And cold plunging is in here too. You've read about it. I was watching Tony Robbins the other day. He has been cold plunging for like 14 years, okay? So look at the benefits of cold plunging. I think you'll find there's a lot of 
positive things that can come your way, not only through cold plunging, but with full-spectrumhealth.com. Email me with any questions or just go there yourself. Get that free video consult and find out all about it. Hit full-spectrumhealth.com. That's the word full and then a dash spectrumhealth.com. And let's let me move into uh, another storyline that was, uh, I guess, interesting to me. In, in reading all about the offensive coordinators that the University of Alabama should be looking at, I just thought it was appropriate to include Brian Harson in that list. And there was a, a reaction from certain Alabama fans to me through social media that that's stupid. He's an idiot. He never would get that. He's an idiot. He's terrible. He didn't have a two point play in the overtime loss the first year. Well, you know, all, all this stuff. He's too toxic, you know, whatever. Right. And I'm thinking, really? What about Lane Kiffin and Sarkeesian and, 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 and Loxley? Go down the list of guys that have went through the, the Saban car wash. And I'm not accusing. You know, Brian Harson of any of these other things, whether or not he went to a Friday night recruiting session because his son was playing somewhere else or whether or not he felt assistants should do more of the recruiting or he should or, you know, I, I just I just think that they're forgetting those that are so pro Alabama of the people who've come in with way worse situations personally than Brian Harson. So to think, oh, he would never. Oh, no way. That's all ego tied up in Auburn versus Alabama. And all Saban wants to do is win. You know, that's it. So here's a guy that spent a couple of years of his life trying to beat Saban, figure Saban out, figure out everything about Alabama. And you don't even think that's a possibility when he was out hiring Steve Sarkeesian, who some people thought really needed to spend time away from football to get his personal life put together, let alone be a football coach. And Lane Kiffin had been fired on the tarmac. You know, and, and there was disgrace there at Tennessee and USC. So I think we just have a short memory. And whether or not he would get that job or, you know, the fan base would accept it, you know, that, that's a separate uh, proposition. I'm only saying, you're kidding me? He shouldn't even be considered when you've went down all these other roads. So you're letting something else cloud your judgment. And on top of all that, I went back and researched in 2007 when Brian Harson was called by Nick Saban when Saban was putting his staff together in Alabama and asked him, Brian Harson, if he was interested in going to Alabama. And this was after the great Fiesta Bowl uh, win over Oklahoma. And Harson, no, that was that was the answer, no. And, of course, he stayed at Boise State, ultimately left to go to Texas and Arkansas State and back to Boise State and then at Auburn. So that's that track. So he liked what he did at one point in his career. So to say there's no relationship there and even there was a potential job offer, I think people just didn't research and think about it and have too much of a personal animosity towards one football program. And that's fine. That's just how they are at the University of Alabama. I just think it's ridiculous to not consider it. Now, the other thing that's been coming up and has been noted uh, by the media in Boise are the donations in Boise State themselves releasing information about $1 million donations. I think there was nine of them or something. Um, and a lot of them anonymous, which there is some strategy to everything that Dickie and his staff is doing to promote uh, interest in their program to, as they like to probably put it, gain momentum. And 
you know, putting out that there's more money coming in. They want you to jump on board and get on board and get in there and 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 let's let's do this all together. Let's continue to grow it and give us money. And I think one of the things that was on the top of his list, Dickie, when he went to Boise State, was to restructure the expectations of donors when they gave to Boise State. Now, this is pre-NIL. This is difficult, but he wanted to restructure their expectations, and I think it was appropriate in that. Boise State needed donor leadership from individuals who wanted the university's athletic department or football program to grow. They were motivated by the improvement that the athletic department could show. They weren't motivated by what they were getting in return from the university for their donation. That's everything from bumper stickers to events to golf tournaments to access to whatever energy as a department they had to spend to figure out benefit structures to give to people to give them money. And I think Dickie had enough experience at other places where he said, you got to get past that. You got to understand the reason I need you to give us money is to grow this program to this level, to get into a power five uh, conference, to take the pressure off of all this fundraising from you guys. And we'll get the money from that TV network, which is a different issue. Uh, but that's really what the mission is. Plus, entertain you more by bringing in some power five opponents for you to watch in basketball and football, which is what most people want to do. So I think that transition uh, is ongoing. And I think they're fortunate that they have somebody who can speak from experience to that. And not only at Baylor, but at Houston and other stops on, uh, on the Dickey train. And he's pretty tireless at the way he goes about promoting what they want to get done. So congratulations to, to, to Dickey and his staff and what they're trying to get done and what they've gotten done. And also, I think we should just all be mindful of how they're trying to position some things. It's not always what's in it for you. It's what's in it for them. And how can you help them do that? All right. All right. Thanks for tuning in. A lot to be uh, said here. When Kellen gets a job, I'm sure we'll weigh in one more time. Rate it, review it, pass it on. Um, I'm going to start answering some questions. I get direct messages. I get emails with questions about Boise State. I want to sprinkle in some of those. And if you ever want to talk Boise State football administration, your viewpoints, conference affiliation, shoot me an email and let's do it. Until then, I'll talk to you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.